Welcome back to Drunkenly Paranormal, your dastardly drunken dose of debauchery and the form of a paranormal podcast where we have some booze and then we talk about some booze. Uh, well, really things like a bump in the night. I'm Mitch, Mr. Wish Trial himself, Salem, and I'm joined as always by the hellfighter named Harlem. What's up, guys? Harlem here. Uh, we're not one of those podcasts that has a 20-minute conversation about how we're doing before we actually get into the content. I live with this guy and... To be quite frank, I don't give a fuck about him. We so, already know too much about right. each other anyways, and who cares about that crap? Absolutely. So we're just going to dive right in while we pour up some drinks and have a good time. The way it works around here is we'll present some evidence, drink some beer, and at the end, we'll determine if we're just drunk or if there's actually something paranormal happening. Uh, you ready to get into another case? Let's dig into it. What are we talking about this time? So we're going to be talking about skinwalkers. We talked last week about what happens if you give demon be- demons beer, right? Well, what happens if you give a ghost a shot? Uh, it goes right through them, probably, I would imagine. Right, but does it cause them to change colors? Can they get drunk? Like, why have paranormal investigators not tried this? Like, you take three shots. You get whiskey, you get, you get Jaeger, and you get vodka. Like, all these investigators are like, hey, can you knock over a glass or whatever? But if they're never like, hey, can you do this shot? And if they do it, like, does the ghost turn brown? What if that's, like, groundbreaking paranormal evidence where, like, oh, you know what you got to do to see ghosts? Get them to do Jaeger shots because they'll be black. And you just turn on the lights and you can see them. Dude, what if that's where shadow people came from? That would, that would have to be some very drunk ghosts, but I don't know, man. That's a little far-fetched for me. I don't know. You know what? All right. I don't need your judgment on this. We're, we're talking about skinwalkers tonight. And that's, that's what we're going to be talking about in terms of, like, determining what is uh, paranormal or if we're just drunk. Man, so, if I ever had a superpower, I would have to say changing changing my appearance would have to be right up there with it. Because right? I could look like anything and anyone. I could look like, let's say, a bank manager, for instance, and walk in and just steal a bunch of money. And next thing you know, I'm rich as fuck. So that's that's where... I think that's like the popular interpretation of skinwalkers is that they can they can adapt to any person. They can take the form of any animal at will. Um, but that's not what the researchers turned out. Their skinwalkers refers to something extremely specific. Um, it refers to, they they come really from Navajo culture, uh, and in that culture uh, they're called I'm gonna butcher this Yenaltulushi. Uh, uh, which roughly translates to one who walks on all fours. Uh, skinwalker uh, is not like something you're born into. So it's an animal. No, it's a person. But it's a, tar- it's a type of harmful witch who has the ability uh, to turn into, possess, or disguise themselves as an animal. Uh, but it's not just the Navajo. A who- witch. It's a witch. Okay. But it's not just the Navajo who have skinwalkers or something like that as part of their culture. The Pueblo, the Apache, the Hopi, and the Ute Indians all have their own version of the Skinwalker. And I think, by and large, they're located in that southwest, western part of the United States. Southwestern, all right. So, so could, kind of like New Mexico, New Mexico, Arizona, Arizona maybe Texas, if Texas, we're stretching yeah. it. All, all, all of right, the above, cool. man. I know there was a lot of Indians in Texas. There was. Quite there, a few. There was. There were a number of tribes here in Texas. 
Alright, just everyone, in case you hear uh, periodic growling in the background or what sounds like a diesel engine working too hard, uh, that's my golden retriever, Treva, who is annoyed with me for not playing fetch with her as long as I'm conscious. So, uh, I apologize for it, but just know dogs are present. Um, they are both fluffy and adorable. Uh, Harlem's dog, uh, Ruka, is also present. She's a lot quieter because we're not eating and she, there's no one to beg off of. So, uh, we're just going to dive right in and get back to it. Uh, magic or witchcraft is just another part of the spirituality of the Navajo people and one of the ways of their lives. It's a huge part of their culture, history, and their tradition. Navajo consider the skinwalkers the most volatile and dangerous of the practitioners of witchcraft. Alright, <clears throat> the Navajo believe that the power of both good and evil are present and that these powers can be harnessed. Medicine men utilize these powers to heal and assist members of the community. The practitioners of Navajo witchcraft, however, seek to use these powers to harm and bring bad fortune to others. This is known as the witchery way, which is the use which uses human corpses and parts of the human body as tools. They'll use things like bones to cast spells or mix concoctions that are used to hurt, curse, harm, and even kill. It sounds like some black witchcraft stuff to me. Kind of, yeah. I mean, we haven't talked about hoodoo on this podcast but we will at a later date, and there, there's some definitely like cultural parallels here. Uh, but because a lot of the Navajo tradition is passed down orally, it is believed that these practices and the knowledge of these powers are passed down from the elders uh, through the generation. Skinwalkers can come from any part of life among the tribe. They can be healers or spiritual guides who then choose to turn their powers to evil. Skinwalkers can either be male or female, but more often than not, they're male. Man, that's funny because I would think they'd be more female considering all the stuff and videos that I've heard from from the past and like seen and read about you know all that stuff has been I feel like mostly females in it not males so it's kind of interesting to say that yeah I can remember a, uh, a, per males. a particularly like a, or a particular creepypasta where this dude was involved in like a tragic accident where he was driving back from a party uh, but he was too drunk to remember if he was actually the person behind the wheel or somebody else was so he went to a skinwalker that someone told him lived on a road, and in that tale, it, it was a female, so. Uh, but, it, you know, it appears that it more often is male than, than female, but uh, they don't outwardly look sinister, which kind of allows them to live and work among the tribe uh, without detection. Um, in order to become a skinwalker, one must be initiated by a secret society that requires an evil deed as an initiation, so like the Illuminati, of the uh, the Navajo people, you know the shadow government in the background, fucking doing crazy shit. Oh man, dude, don't get me started on Illuminati stuff. We can go on about that. We can go on about that. But so as as a uh, an act of the initiation, they must kill a close family member, usually a sibling in most accounts. So, I would love to kill you, Salem. <laughs> I'd murder your ass so fast. For superpowers? Hell yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're all the way on the other end of that table right now. Because <laughs> 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 the knives are way on the other side of the room. We're all talking right. about supernatural powers, man. I'd love to be able to skinwalk right now. I can turn into anything. Be an eagle. Turn into a freaking bank manager. Rob a bank. Freaking uh, turn into a mouse so I could climb through the vault or whatever and get whatever I needed. So according, I don't know how I get it out with that, but I found, I found a way. So you're still rocking the, uh, the supernatural interpretation 
of skinwalkers. We haven't got to like what the actual lore is here. You can't become a person. But we're gonna we're gonna get into what you can become here in a minute. Uh, all right. All right. So once they are inducted, they are given the knowledge to develop their powers. They are then freely able to transform into any animal. Uh, they're commonly believed still to take the form. Cool. Still uh, kind of cool. Still kind of cool. Yeah. They're commonly believed to take the form of coyotes, foxes, wolves, cougars, even bears. Essentially, predators in the animal kingdom. Hell yeah. That's what I like to hear. Wolf, wolf, motherfucker. Dude, I'm not going to lie. I'd love to become like a bear and like up in Alaska and just fuck up some salmon. Dude, yes. Swim in that freaking river and eat the salmon. That sounds like a bomb time. Yeah. I don't know why that sounds awesome. Dude, I would, spend, I would spend my the whole... The alpha male in me, you know. Yeah. I'd spend my whole life just <laughs> fucking with hunters. Like I'd creep up on them as like a two, like 20 foot bear. And then when they were, like, about to take a shot on a deer. Nah, I'd be a little fox rolling up. And they think, oh, I'm about to kill this little bitch fox. And then the next thing you know, boom, I'm a motherfucking bear. And I'm biting their head off. So this is kind of, like, tangentially related to skinwalkers. But up in Alaska, the native people there have a legend called the Kushtaka, which is an otter spirit. And it kind of varies uh, whether or not it's always an otter, but it's it's... Also known to be a shapeshifter of a different sort, it can become people, um, and it but it can't ever adopt a human voice. So what it'll do is it'll stand on a riverbank and like beckon to you from someone you know, and the idea is that like you'll come to them thinking like oh it's my grandmother oh it's my brother sounds oh. kind of like the La Lorena stuff we talked about last week kind of and even more to that it'll drown you because it feeds off your soul so it'll kill you and then eat your soul. Damn. But, alright, so, but on skinwalkers. So, like I mentioned, it's just predators. They wear the skin of the animal they want to transform into, which is where the name skinwalker comes from. You need, you need the animal skin to start with, um, among, like, also the knowledge gained. Uh, the secret society gets up to, like, all kinds of dark shit. They meet in secret and dark caves or secu- secluded places to initiate new members, carry out their ceremonies, and practice black magic. These ceremonies are, are very similar to other tribe affairs and incorporate many of the same features. Uh, they, there's the dancing, uh, the rituals, the sand paintings, uh, but at these meetings, the skinwalkers will engage in pretty fucked up shit, like necrophilia, they'll eat people, and they'll rob graves to steal wow. bones and stuff for future rituals. Wow. Dude, at first it sounded like when they would gather around the campfire and do their little campfire songs, but this is a little past campfire songs. Yeah, this is, this, is this is beyond passing down history. This is this is some fucked up stuff. Yeah, I mean, eating people, necrophilia, robbing graves, I can kind of get that. I mean, I get robbing graves a little bit. Not that I'm robbing graves or anything. Not that you're endorsing I mean, I'm the just saying, I mean, I could see ben, like why people would rob graves for money purposes but why 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 are they going in uh the graves for bones and stuff for their rituals oh they need it it for their magic to like curse people oh damn uh, I've heard stories of I thought like, they were like the, all the buffalo type of people or something like that you ever hear that phrase yeah they use every part of the animal yeah exactly it's not it's with skinwalkers it's not quite so like I feel bad for taking this life to further mine so I want to make sure everything is put to good use 
It's more of, uh, you were laid to rest peaceably, this is an act of evil, let's disturb your rest for more power for me type stuff. It's fucked up. Are they like gaining the powers of what they're eating? Yes. So that's, that's why, so that's kind of what I was about to get into. Uh, what a skinwalker transitions into, like what skin they wear, is based off of what powers they need in that moment. Like, let's say they need to do something that requires freak strength. They're going to become a bear. Let's say they have to move really, really fast. They're going to become a coyote or a wolf. Oh, snap. You know, there was still a supernatural episode just like this where they went after this dude who was eating stuff that was like um, some kind of like great white shark mixed with... Uh, some type of uh, coyote or something like that to where he was like gaining all these powers from the animals he was eating and he was gathering all this weird ass shit just to be able to eat different types of animals and he would have like like the heart of a cheetah so that he could have the speed of a cheetah and he would do these black magic spells over these this meat before he would eat it and then he would get the powers dude that'd be crazy though wouldn't it that would be a very expensive diet to maintain. Oh, it would. That'd be like the ultimate performance-enhancing drug, though. Like, let's say, like, imagine someone who's built like me, like, racing Usain Bolt, and, like, right before, I just scarfed down some chia hearts, and I set a world record. Like, imagine that guy, like, I think he's, like, over six foot, and I'm, like, not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and just imagine the two of us racing and I win. Like, what? <laughs> man. He's 6'5". He's 6'5"? He's oh, six, damn. oh, man. He's yeah. taller than me. Yeah. Shit. And he's a lot skinnier and in better shape than, than we are. Well, I, I don't know about better shape, but I mean... The dude runs... He runs. Like 100 meters in under 10 seconds. Can you do that? Okay, well... If you do a clock in about 64 miles per hour or about twice as fast as the world's top sprinter, you single. Damn, that's a five so second. So you'd be twice as fast as Usain Bolt, man. I'd be tested for everything. I'd cross the finish line. They'd be like, pee in a cup right now in front of everyone. <laughs> we think you cheated. And I'd be yeah, like, can't prove no it. Way. Witchcraft. Yep. Damn. <laughs> All right, that's cool. Yeah. So because it's always predators that skinwalkers are turning into, the Navajo believe that it's taboo for any member of the tribe to wear the skin of a predator. Uh, that basically singles signals to everyone you're up to some bad shit. It's like if you're wearing, if you're running around wearing a wolf skin, they're gonna be like that guy's a skinwalker. Let's let's kill him right now. But dude, it gets it gets crazier. Like beyond supernatural, where they were like, oh, you can become anything. Skinwalkers can possess people. Um, it's kind of like the basilisk from Harry Potter. When you like look someone in the eye, you drop dead. But with skinwalkers, if you make eye contact with them. They possess you. You're under their control. It's over. Oh, that's fucked up, man. That's like some Medusa shit right there. Yeah. Except you're not turned to stone. Absolutely. You're just... Yeah. You might as well be stoned. Yeah. I mean, because you're not in control. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're also able to read minds, control your thoughts and behavior, and they can cause disease and illness and even kill you. Like, I listened to... Uh, it was a video on YouTube where a member of the Navajo Nation was talking about, like... He worked as a, a police officer on the reservation for a long time. And he was talking about this dude who was, like, working out in his garage. And this freaking uh, coyote comes wandering into his garage. And he's, like, 
pulls up a nearby two by four that he had on his workbench and whacks the thing across the head and it like there's an explosion of dust. And he's like, cool, kill that coyote, gonna go show my wife. So he runs in to go get his wife and show her and comes back, the coyote's gone. It's not there. But that night, dude, he gets violently ill. We're talking like super bad fever, coughing, like delirious, hallucinating. So his wife, remembering what her husband had told her earlier about how he hit the coyote and there was this explosion of dust, takes him and runs him to a healer, takes him to a medicine man. And the medicine man performs a ritual over him and he's like, hey, if you hadn't gotten here when you did, you would have died because the skinwalkers have like this magic about to them that when you hit them, they have like, they coat themselves in like a certain sand and like paint mixture. And that's what happened when he hit the guy, that exploded and it's poisonous when you breathe it in to anyone who's not like a practitioner of that type of the way. And so he would have died had he not met uh, the medicine this man. This medicine man, yeah. yeah. So if you're, if you're wondering uh, what a skinwalker looks like, go ahead and pull up that picture. And then I want, I want you to go ahead and describe for the people both the human form and the not-so-human form you're looking at in this image. So you're saying, before I describe this, you're saying this dude transformed into that? Yeah, so the, the, the dude on the man that looks like he's wearing an animal skin there became yeah. that animal with like disproportionately long limbs. Okay. Um, and so what we have here, for those of you at home... I'll, I mean, I'll describe it. Oh yeah, go for it. Let me just hear... I just... Remind me of the story again a little bit because I was... They have, to eat, they have to eat the animal to become it and they get their powers. Yeah, they wear the skin. So you're saying he ate this animal? Not necessarily ate it, but he took the skin and wore it. Performed uh, the type of witchcraft he needed to transform into the animal. And he became that animal. And he became the animal. But like, it looks... So I think in this instance it's supposed to be a coyote. But look, look at his back feet. Like if it was just a human hunched over, would his back legs look like that? It almost kind of looks, yeah. I mean, the feet maybe not as much, but the legs, yeah. Yeah, and it's I mean, like as if his spine is hunched up, kind of. Yeah, and maybe I could see how, you know, if he's keeping the mask, the eyes might be there, and it could be hunched over to where it's almost like if he's hunched over and it's coming over his face it could be his eyes shining through the whole of the wolf's face where his eyes would be that was my first reaction as well but it's the back legs that look distinctly animal to me that like kind of throw it off it's almost like half human half right half wolf because there's like the right leg is kind of human, and then the left leg looks wolf with that L shape going on. Yeah, it definitely doesn't look. It doesn't look like a perfect coyote. Neither does it look like a human. Like it's like it's something in between. It's not convincingly either. You know what I mean? Yeah, and if you almost look at it, it's like his right hand kind of looks more human than his left hand. And his left hand looks more wolf-like because look at the claws that are coming yeah. out of his left hand. And then his right hand looks like little nubs are starting to become 
claws, but it like almost looks like he doesn't even have claws. Yeah. Like it still looks more like finger light. Yeah, I agree, man. But so obviously to to the two of us looking at this pe- this picture here, there's a number of uh, like telltale signs for this isn't an animal, neither is it a man. But for those of you at home uh, who are wondering how to distinguish a skinwalker, uh, we're going to tell you. In its animal form, their eyes always somehow retain a human-like quality to them. If you shine a light on them, they'll turn red, uh, like people do. Like if you've ever, uh, well, for, for those of you Harlem and I's age who remember the, the era of disposable cameras, if you had the flash on, a lot of the times you'd get that red eye when that film was developed. Yeah, everybody's eyes were red, so in that case, we're all skinwalkers. Well, yeah, but... Uh, My eyes turn red in all flash photography. That's good to know. You want to say that into the mic? We're going to make sure all of our pictures Brittany's are... a skinwalker. Right, I'm dating a skinwalker. Let's fucking kill her now. Oh. Uh, well, we're not going to do that. It but got aggressive real quick. It got aggressive <laughs> real quick. Uh, so, yeah, but alternatively, when a skinwalker is in human form, their eyes look animalistic. So it's like no matter what form they're in, their eyes are, are never right. Uh, but I don't know how that's helpful when you consider the fact that if you look a skinwalker in their eyes, they get mind control. So I, I just as like a general rule of if you don't want to get possessed, you listen to what we talked about earlier about how you identify them by the other parts of their body unless you want to like spend the rest of your days possessed by a witch. I don't know. I feel like when I look into my dog's eyes, they feel human to me because my dog just responds so well to my voice. Well, that's how I feel about Treba too, but there's, there's like a distinct quality, like a light in their eyes where it's like love and like understanding. And I feel like if you looked at a skinwalker, you're not going to get that. And also you've, we both raised our dogs since they were, they could fit in our hand. Now they're 80 plus pounds. That's a long time for a skinwalker to be a skinwalker, you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess you're right. It's yeah. not like anybody's running around in a puppy fur other than Cruella DeVille, and also, fuck that bitch. <laughs> All right, but... And Carol Baskin, yeah. And, well... You can say that. Yeah, Carol Baskin definitely killed her husband. Uh, but anyways, skinwalkers are blamed uh, for the root of all the maladies within the tribe. From small things like a bad day at work, you got a flat tire, to big things like there was a seven-year drought and there's been no crops, and suddenly there's an insect plague. Uh, and when this happens in the Navajo tribe, they obviously take action. Uh, the most famous example of this is what they call the, the Navajo Witch Purge of 1878. Uh, this was the most apparent uh, witch trial within the Navajo people, where they purged a bunch of people who they suspected of being skinwalkers. Uh, this was initially evolved from like a cultural response uh, to so many people moving across and onto their lands. So this is, we're talking about the shameful part of U.S. history where we're displacing uh, the native people that were living here for our own aims, like the nation's own aims, not you and I personal, our personal aims, but uh, the United States in general. But after a series of war with the United States Army, the Navajo were expelled from their land and forced to march the Bosque uh, Rendondo, uh, or to the Bosque Rendondo, or Fort Sumner in New Mexico, and what is known as the Long Walk of the Navajo, which took place in 1864. Yeah, this is like 
something I feel like I should be here in my history class that I've been missing out on. You should, but history is written by the victor, and we tend to gloss over the nastier parts of our own past. But during this long walk, uh, the people suffered from bad water, failed crops, illness, and death, uh, reducing the, the overall number of the Navajo people dramatically. After about four years of the Navajo people uh, having been moved, having endured this long walk, and then brought to a new land, uh, the government finally admitted that they made a mistake, and they allowed the Navajo to return back to the Four Corners area of the United States, which I believe is like Arizona, uh, New Mexico, Utah, Colorado. Yeah. Like yeah. It all overlaps there. Yeah. Uh, but still, during these years, many of the tribe members were uh, said to have turned to shapeshifting to escape the terrible conditions that they were forced to endure. So during the years they were... They're in the Fort Sumner area. They're, they're forced to endure this. Uh, and people are more willing to flock to, to this type of like witchery way because they believe that their, their own gods had abandoned them. So they were like, you know what? We need anything we can do to survive here. What was making them think the gods are deserving them? Dude, they had droughts. They'd been forced from their lands. There was illness running rampant. They couldn't get, like, crops oh, growing. that's right. They had all that stuff going on with freaking America moving in and saying, yeah. manifest destiny, my dick. Manifest destiny, yeah, my dick, yeah. this dick. I think, I think, I think that's exactly how they made me memorize that in AP history was manifest destiny, my dick. Yeah, I think that was a phrase that Columbus said or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, nah, fucking around. That, didn't that definitely didn't happen uh, please forgive us for those jokes but once the people had returned to their homeland uh, their conditions improved and the dreaded skinwalkers for whom they blamed for years of this bleak outcome that they'd been fo- facing were still present among the larger tribe uh, accusations of witchcraft and the hunting of skinwalkers began uh, when someone found a collection of witch artifacts, artifacts wrapped in a copy of the Treaty of 1868, the tribal members unleashed deadly consequences, uh, which was the Navajo Witch Purge, which occurred in 1878, in which 40 Navajo suspected of being witches were killed in order to restore harmony and balance to the tribe. So they just, uh, much like the Salem Witch Trials, of which uh, my name is somewhat derived I don't know why my parents decided to name me that, but it does in Salem, Massachusetts, the, the witch trials that had there. The, the Navajo people had their own way of dealing with the blight of their circumstances and those they thought were to blame from it. So now kind of considering the Navajo history and lore that I've told you about, what are your thoughts this far about uh, skinwalkers in general? Well, first off, your parents probably hate you because, you know, they named you Salem and everybody hated witches, you know, so I get why your name is Salem. I must have been an accident. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. And second off, you know, I mean, they're animals, right? Well, they become animals. But, like, is this is this what you expected, really, when I we first started talking about skinwalkers? Is this what I first expected? No, this is not what I first expected. I mean, I wasn't expecting them to just be animals. I was expecting them to be more shapeshifters, changing from human form to human form type of thing. 
So less. But I mean, the animal thing is still pretty cool at the same time because animals have a bunch of different abilities, you know. Oh, like, absolutely. Let's say all of a sudden you're being chased and you're running along a river and, you know, fuck it, I'm going to turn into a goddamn fish or a turtle. Next thing you know, I'm swimming in the river and I don't have to go far. I can just sit there and wait it out because they're not looking for whatever they're looking for. But you'd have to be wearing a fish skin in, in that instance. I have to wear... Oh, so I have to always wear... You always have to wear the skin, the skin. of the animal you want to transform into. You, it's not like you just get to pick. You've you got to be wearing it on you and then you can become it. And that's how all these Indian lures are. Yeah, that's how... And, and according to uh, Native American lore, yeah. That's absolutely what it is. How, how it works, right? Well, if that's the case, man, you better be a fast changer and... So here's... here's fish here's, skin here's, is kind of out of the window because I doubt you're, you're going to find a fish like that. Here's, here's something I think I kind of glossed over earlier, but apparently, uh, whether they're transformed or not, people... Uh, who practice this type of witchcraft skinwalkers possess a supernatural speed about them. Like they're apparently able to run as fast as a car and they can jump super high. So regardless of what animal they transform into, they're still like some supernatural ability about. Yeah. Apparently according, again, according to the lore, whether it's true or not, we're going to get into the evidence here in a second, but, or like firsthand accounts, people believe they encountered skinwalkers. Uh, but yeah, that is that is definitely something that's kind of like something to think about. Like, they're fast, they're strong, they're quick, yeah. they're agile. So as I was like researching this, I found myself increasingly wondering what it'd be like to encounter something like this. And as I was doing that, I was kind of like imagining this video I watched about them on YouTube, where the guy giving it, this member of the Navajo Nation, this guy who'd been a police officer on the reservation, is like. The more you look into them, the more you study them, the more likely it is they're going to come and try and hurt you because you're, you know too much. Uh, and I was at the cabin while I was doing this, dude, and I was sitting there out on the porch one night. I'm looking up at the other canyon wall, and there's this animal, and I can't tell what it is. It looked like it was. It was maybe. Sure you weren't drunk there, so. Not at that point, man. Was I was later. I was. I was later for sure. He, he, was, he was tipsy and it was a coyote. I was tipsy, maybe. It could have been a coyote. We don't know. Well, I hope you were staying away from that devil's lettuce. It was. It was two hundred yards out on the canyon wall, about six feet above me. It was crazy. For those of you at home, trying to calculate the right angle of a hypotenuse triangle, yeah. C squared is. 900. Yep, they're going to do this. And, right and Beast. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's that's kind of what I thought. And, you know, as, as someone who's an avid backpacker uh, and camper, I kind of found myself like, dude, what if I was camping or backpacking and I ran into one of these things? What would I do? Uh, and as I'm researching, dude, I'm, I'm like thinking about all these scenarios. So I turned to good old trusty Reddit uh, t- to look for people who have definitely, maybe, possibly seeing skinwalkers for, for them to relate their experience. So are you ready to hear this, this evidence, this indi- indisputable evidence of the paranormal I have ready to lay out for you? Oh, definitely. I'm ready to hear it, man. Let's hear it. All right. So you ready to get into the first hand accounts I have for you? 
Let's go, man. I'm ready. I grew up hearing stories of Yi Nadalusha from my grandparents whenever I'd go to visit them. They lived on Navajo land and enjoyed telling me the stories that had been passed down through the generations. I was 16 going on 17 when this happened. My grandparents own a ranch. They mostly raise horses and cattle, and I helped them out as much as I could over the summers. Towards the end of my stay, on, an, uh, on a usually cold night, the dogs started going crazy. My grandpa and I rushed outside with guns, assuming that it was a mountain lion or a coyote, both of which had been seen in the area. The cattle had already ran off, and after checking the house, we rode out, looking for the cattle to make sure they were safe. We found them at the opposite side of the ranch, huddled together, frightened of something. After counting them up, my grandpa pointed out that one was missing. We ultimately decided to ride back to the ranch and search for the missing cow in the morning, since things had calmed down uh, a good amount. On our way back to the ranch, both our horses seemed on edge, and halfway back, I noticed something moving and pointed it out. My gramps took his rifle out and led us closer. The missing cow was on the ground, and a creature that looked like a human but was covered in fur with the same pattern as a coyote was eating from the carcass. My grandpa told me to ride back to the house and call my cousins out here. I did as he asked. And after I got off the phone, my grandpa came back and my grandma asked him what happened. He didn't reply. Ten minutes later, my cousins showed up and I explained what happened to them. We all rode out to the spot where we saw it. But the only thing that was left was a few scraps of meat and a couple half-chewed bones that had been nearly picked clean. The next few hours, we spent cleansing the area with sage. My grandparents never had any other incidents like that again, though that wasn't the last cow in the area that had been killed and completely eaten. However, it was the last time anyone actually saw the culprit. Man, why would they clean the area with sage? That's like, to me, that's weird, you know? I mean, obviously, they saw something that was spiritual to them if they're seeing this. I mean, it, it, it makes sense in the context of, like, I know sage has been used frequently for, like, ridding homes of ghosts or spirits and stuff like that. Uh, but it honestly kind of lends more credence to their theory. Like, if they think it's something supernatural, that they have to burn sage. Like, it, it, it seems like the only conclusion in their mind was that it had to have been a skinwalker. And while I've never heard of like sage clearing the air of skinwalkers, it's it, it lends I guess some credence to the fact that that's what they concluded it was. Well, I wonder what the grandpa saw, dude. If he's not replying to the grandma too, there had to be something there going on that You think I mean, he saw that, something like transform back? Maybe, or maybe he saw the same form back and forth. Who knows how skinwalkers really work? I mean, they're half human, half whatever their animal is. I mean, and that's got to be kind of fucked up to see a human doing something so deranged as to maybe eating the cattle. Yeah, man. I mean, that is that is the scary part. Like, I don't, I don't know what I would do in a situation where I believed I was confronting something that logic, research, history told me shouldn't exist. And I think that's kind of like the interesting part of all these stories is, is it's like 
or rather just like the supernatural and or the paranormal in general is like how do you explain what you're seeing you're 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 kind of forced to explain it based off of what you know whether it's fact or whether it's story that's the kind of the the paradigm you're forced to explain it within yeah I guess. Well, let's see what the next one is. All right. So I think this one's a long one. Let's hear it. All right. Then <clears throat> I'm gonna apologize in advance. I didn't. I didn't uh, record a break in the story. So if I run from one to the other, my bad. Uh, actually, reading the first couple words, I've heard this one on YouTube. That's been narrated. Uh, I'd love to hear your input on it because uh, I was not convinced, but. My skinwalker story is that I'm half Navajo. For the years, for many years of my life, I lived in the Navajo reservation in a smaller town called Shiprock in New Mexico. Uh, the Native American side of my family always warned us to be careful at night. My grandparents would always tell us stories about these shape-shifting witches who could curse you, kill you, or mess with you. They called them skinwalkers. Uh, because they would take the dead skin of animals and wear them to change in the animal or something in between human and animal. Parentheses. Not a werewolf. Uh, I never believed it really. I'm only half Navajo and light-skinned, so I was never treated the same by most people here. So I drifted away from the culture and thought it wasn't for me. So if you're a skeptic, that's fine. I was until I came face-to-face -face with a thing I can't explain. It was around summertime. This happened when I was in high school, possibly six to eight years ago. I would have been 15 or 17. I used to hang out with a group of guys who liked to do a lot of delinquent type stuff. You know, smoke cigs, stay up all night playing video games at somebody's house. Then at 3 a.m. if we felt sounds like Sounds like it, your type of guy right there. Yeah, that sounds exactly like I, what I did as a teenager. 100%. Yep. Uh, then at 3 a.m. if we felt like it, we'd go sneak out to paradise. That's what we called... Uh, this pipe. It's an ironic name. It's basically a giant metal pipe that carries an irrigation water to all the farms. But it really, it was also a spot for kids to drink or get high in the evenings. That doesn't sound like me anymore, but it sounds like somebody else I know. <laughs> However, the place did not have a scary history of kids or adults who drowned or died in the night. But I always thought, oh, I'm sorry, it, but it always had uh, it was a spot for kids to drink or get high. However, the place did have a scary history of kids and adults who drowned and died in the night. But I always thought that was urban legend. Alright, sounds like a creepy spot. It's starting to kinda. sound good. I'm liking this story. It kind of sounds like Don Quixote Bridge in like San Antonio, right? Almost, yeah. yeah. At 3 a.m., uh, that was the time we liked to go out there. Uh, we went out as sort of an initiation. What we'd like to do was see how far we could go. We usually could go all the way across. Now keep in mind the pipe goes well over three, gets like well over three stories high. It's also wide. I'd say about as wide as an average car. We could walk this thing for kicks in a group of nine at 3 a.m. So one night, me and a small group of friends were driving around bored and wanting to spook each other. So I said, let's go to paradise and walk the pipe as most of the friends I was hanging with had never done something like that. They all agreed, agreed, and and we were all pumped up on energy energy drinks. So we drove. It was pretty quiet. The sky was dark and the night was cold. The boys with me: Michael, Cordy, Tommy, 
and Theral. Now Theral was the driver because he had a car and his family was pretty well off, so he never had to worry about cash. We got to the place and he didn't want to go. Said his parents were traditional and wanted to just chill in the car. Basically, he wanted to text some chick. I'm sure without bugging, without us bugging him. I told him it's fine. Keep the car locked and running in case there was something scary. Then me and the other boys went on without him. Sounds like his boy's doing some freaky shit in that text message that he's staying behind, dog. Yeah, or he wants to, you know, do a little self-love in the car while his friends are gone. Yeah, with some freaky shit in his text messages with this girl. Yeah. Clearly, that's what's going on. That's got to be a weird place to self-love. Yeah, I mean, dude, stay at home and do that shit. Not your buddy's yeah. car. There's got to be, yeah. On, dude. There's got to be a lot more comfortable places. Yeah. Fucking weirdo. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, so, back to the story. I remember we noticed sheep or goat skin placed flat off to the right, just as we were starting to get on the pipe. We all noticed it looked strange, and remember someone commenting it looked like a ritual sacrifice. Michael said something about a pentagram, but I wasn't sure if he was just joking or serious. Uh, But I thought he was likely just trying to scare us. As we got to the pipe, a few of the guys were scared and had me take the lead. As we crawled, I'd say, a fourth of the way on the pipe. Whoa, 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 take the weed? Someone's taking weed? Lead, dude, lead. He's in, he's in front. Oh, you know well, I mean, he said they were doing drugs on the pipe, dog, so that's all I'm saying. I said it was a popular spot for people to do drugs, not that they were doing drugs. Uh, I mean, I mean, drugs, weed, I mean, pipe, lead, weed, pipe, creed. I feel like you're trying too hard at this point. And I, should, I should probably continue the story. <laughs> uh, as we were walking, I noticed a faint whitish or light gray bat. Bigger than my head, flying around us. It dived her a few times at us, but we dodged it. Then Tommy slipped because his converse, because of his converse, okay, uh, and almost fell off the pipe. I reached out to him, grabbing his right arm. Michael grabbed his shirt and collar, and Cordy had grabbed him as well. Altogether, we got him back on the pipe. He was shaken, uh, but okay. Suddenly, the bat was gone again. We were all freaking out, but the guys wanted to continue. We laughed about it, as guys usually do, thinking it was just weird. I've never had a bat dive bomb me. Like, at this point, are you thinking, like, it's anything paranormal, or is it just, like, a bat trying to, like, maybe go for bugs or mosquitoes that are, like, surrounding these guys, and they're just having a negative reaction? Uh, I don't know. I've seen some bats kind of... Fly close to you from my personal experiences with bats where it almost looks like they're diving at you, but they're not really diving at you. They're kind of diving near you and they're flying off away. Right. And I've had similar experiences and usually I can hear like mosquitoes buzzing near my ear. So I don't think the bat's after me so much as I think it's after the bugs, which it eats near me, if that makes sense. So at this point, you're, you're not convinced anything weird's happening. That sounds about average so far. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. Uh, We passed the halfway point on the pipe with no problems. Uh, But as we get past the three-fourths of the waypoint, Michael saw something. At the end of the pipe, there's a hill behind... uh, There's a hill behind the hill? There's a hill that's very brightly lit because of a church somewhere off in the distance. 
Anyway, on the hill, there was a black figure pointed with pointy ears. It had the silhouette of a dog. Now, Michael was a tough guy. He yelled at the thing, saying, I'm not scared of you, damn skinwalker. That kind of feels quick to conclude immediately it's a skinwalker. Oh, man, when you say a dark silhouette with the figure of the dog, I don't know if you've ever seen, uh, man, what's the movie I'm thinking of with dogs now that are fighting, oh, gosh, The Mummy. Oh, you're talking about, like, the Warriors of Anubis? Yes. Yeah. Those dudes, they wore, they look like, um, almost like tall dogs, but like, like it was like a dog head with, with like German Shepherd ears that would spark up. And, and they had like human arms and human legs. And I mean, everything body wise looked human, but from neck up, German it was Shepherd. like a German Shepherd, but all black. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's what he saw. It's really kind of hard uh, to determine, even if he just saw a silhouette of a dog that had pointed ears, or a silhouette. I mean, I guess he says there's a black figure with pointy ears, but then he says a dog silhouette. So, at this point, I don't know if he thinks he's seeing a dog or an Anubis warrior or something like that. But then he goes on to say, Then we tossed a few rocks at it. One rock hit the pipe. The other fell into a, the brush below. The shadow silhouette of a dog stood up on two legs like a person. So I guess now we're getting into like Anubis warrior territory. Oh shit, okay. Yeah. We all freaked out. Our jaws dropped. Then Cordy said, Look, another one to the left. <coughs> Oh, all right, there. Way to go, Sam. Yeah, buddy. Let it all out. Might Let as well take out. another shot while you're at it. I think I'm just going to stick to drinking more of my beer. Is. <laughs> then Cordy said, look, another one to the left. Tommy said, there's another one on the right. So three silhouettes with pointy ears of dogs were on the hill. I told them to back up so we could get back to the car. The thing to the right and the thing on the left hill started to move down the hill towards us. Now there's just one of us standing. Now there's just one of them standing guard in the hill, the one who first stood up. Now we're trying to go back, but we're still three fourths of the pipe length away from the car, with a lot of distance under us, running in complete darkness. It was quiet for a few minutes. Then we started to hear a girl crying. It sounded like she was hurt and scared, almost in pain. We were overcome with a strange feeling of wanting to help. Michael wanted to go back towards the end and crawl down to help the girl. I almost followed too. But inside, I was like, no, this is wrong. Something isn't right. So I yelled at him and everyone. You're all stupid. Look at this thing. They're up on the hill. Did you see those things? It's a trap. Screw the freak crying. If it's a girl that's hurt, we'll come back when the sun's up in two hours and check. What he anticipated to be 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. Now at that moment, the crying stopped. All the guys freaked out, saying they can't believe what came over them. So this kind of like... Reading this, they all realize they're a bunch of pussies. I mean, maybe, but like, it, it, I guess it kind of goes into skin, skinwalker lore where you're talking about like uh, being like manipulated or mind controlled type of thing because they were both they were all compelled to run down and help. But it's a breach from like skin, 
I guess Skinwalker lore is the Navajo understand it. The dude falling off the pipe? No, no one fell off the pipe. They hear someone underneath them. A girl crying like like she's oh. hurt. And they're like, they all feel compelled. Like, we got to go down there and we got to help her. Okay, well, that's a normal human reaction. That's not someone mind controlling. You hear someone screaming for help. What do you do? Run the other direction? No, fuck you. No, you want to go see what the hell is happening. No, I, I agree. I think that's a natural human reaction, but at the same time, I'm kind of like wondering the Skinwalker mind control lore. Like, they all immediately were like, let's stop running away from this bad thing. Let's help this girl. But they didn't hear the girl when they walked past it the first time. So that, doesn't that kind of feel like a trap? Yeah. Oh, I guess. Like, if, if the person was actually hurt and heard them the first time and they were probably laughing and joking and being loud as they made their way down the pipe, why didn't they call out then? So now it kind of feels like a trap, right? So they all hear this... Oh, wait, tequila shot. Oh, he hadn't taken it yet. Are you going to take another one? Woo! So they, they all hear this woman crying from beneath them and it gives them all pause but absolutely someone who is afraid or rather any natural person would stop when they hear someone in distress right obviously obviously unless they're a fucking dick yeah unless they're a dick but I think what these people are considering because the guy kind of like stops everyone he's like dude it's a trap screw the fake crying girl if she's hurt we'll come back in the morning when we can see and we'll help her I think at this point what he's thinking is that it's definitely a skinwalker and the skinwalker has changed back into human form to entice them to stop running. Man, that... Uh. Uh, yeah, it's, it's dicey. Because like, if it's not a skinwalker, you just left someone who was hurt. But they're also three stories up, so how are they going to... Get down? That's another great I mean, point. There, I mean, I guess I could see how you're going to hear someone because there's no walls in between you with three stories. So someone really could be down there screaming for help. Probably not. They could be, but at that point, like, what? Are, what are you, you're three stories up. What's your recourse? You jump down? Oh, I don't know. I mean, at least you're going to run back down the pipe. You can't go to help, really. So your only recourse is off. to keep going. To the next hill. To the next, well, to the next or point. To, you to could safely, down, yeah. Yes, yeah. So everybody agrees in this story that they should keep going. And in the time between when they started running and the last last time they heard the voice they almost are able to put out of their mind the Anubis warriors motherfuckers and uh, the crying that is until halfway in front of them on the pipe they begin to hear like they've moved they're at the halfway point on the pipe and they begin to hear native drums being played like a powwow their words not mine at this point, when they hear these drums, they start like sprinting, sprinting. They were jogging. Yeah. Maybe they're like, get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Point. Now they're running for their fucking life. We're running on the pipe. We're a third of the way from the car when Corey stops us. Hey guys, can you hear that? We all stop to listen. We can hear it under our feet. It sounds like a pack of snarling, growling, yelping coyotes. We look, but it's pitch bark below us. But we know they're under us. We can hear them. So we decide to run full speed down the last third of the way to the pipe without looking back. And as we reach the car, we yell, 
We gotta haul ass out of here. To the driver. Wait, wasn't this dude jerking off in the car? How's he gonna haul ass out of here? I thought his dick's out of his pants. <laughs> I guess what we what we can imagine is this guy also hears the coyotes and his friends screaming, and he's got enough time to put his dick away and and like start the car. I hope so. I feel like if I was in the heat of the moment, man, I'm not gonna hear somebody yelling, running up, hey. We're about to enter your car. Hey, get the car going. You, you know, gotta, I'm, you, I'm going full force. I'm not stopping until <laughs> I finish. All right? I'm not stopping <laughs> until mission accomplished. You got to imagine. All right? I'm Ted Cruz, and this is Mission Impossible. All right? And I'm going to accomplish <laughs> the impossible, if you know what I mean. I mean, I kind of do. Ted Cruz wasn't in Mission Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Ted Cruz is the senator from Texas, but... <laughs> what is the name I'm thinking? Who's the actor I'm thinking? I'm drunk right now. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. All right. Ted Cruz is not as cool, but go Texas. All right, all right. But, dude, you got to imagine they've been gone a long time. Unless this dude whacked it, like, I don't know what he did when he finished because he's in his own car and then was just like, you know, I'm bored enough. I'm going to start again. You gotta imagine things are put away. He's ready to drive now. Yeah, I hope I would hope that's his reaction. I mean, my <laughs> reaction would be keep going. No, I'm kidding. That wouldn't be it. <laughs> all right. So they all jump in the car and yell to drive off, and they haul ass down the road back to a lit gas station. And explain. They try to all make sense of it. We couldn't get the girls crying out of our head, uh, and we went back in daylight just to make sure there was no one there. We did not find a girl. Instead, in the area we, that we heard the girl crying... They found a condo. <laughs> <laughs> they heard the sound again, but it was a whimper. Then out of the brush, we saw a coyote watching us. It was so close and unafraid of us. It wasn't even shy. I yelled, you see that? That's the girl that was crying. She probably transformed. It's one of them. I then asked the coyote... You're a skinwalker, aren't you? It just looked at us for four seconds. I don't know why he arrived at that number. Or if he, like, whipped out his phone and tied it, like, timed it, like, one, two, three, four seconds. It's a skinwalker now. Wait, what looked at him like a skinwalker? The coyote stared at them for four seconds. And looked like a skinwalker. No, and then after four seconds, he's like, you're a skinwalker, aren't you? And he yells it at the coyote. He yells it at the coyote. And then what does the coyote do? Uh, after four seconds, uh, it totally calmly walks away into the brush. And then all the friends agreed how unnatural this was for, and in all caps it says, Coyote. So he's like, oh, uh, it's a skinwalker. It's done, guys. I doubt one coyote is going to approach a group of people. Well, that's why they think it's a skinwalker, because a normal coyote wouldn't approach a group of people. It didn't. It walked away. But it stared at them for four seconds. That's why he thinks it's a coyote. Yeah, this or a skinwalker. Or balls. If it came up to him, maybe. I understand you were trying to like scrutinize it, but you were like, hey, this is it's weird for a coyote. Question one. That's still weird for a coyote. And his whole point was like, all this behavior is weird for a coyote. <laughs> all right. <laughs> What'd you think of story two? Uh, Not buying it? Sounds like some paranoid kids doing too many drugs. Yeah. Hitting the pipe one too many times on the pipe, if you know what I mean. They're on the pipe doing the pipe. 
<laughs> That's what the story sounded like to me. They're on the pipe hitting the marijuana pipe. They're smoking the pipe, giving girls the pipe, doing the pipe themselves <laughs> probably is what they're doing. None honestly. of that is none of that's going in the podcast. I like it. JPM here in the house. What up, dog? Salem's a bitch and he fucking knows it. Record that. Alright, dude, shut up. Dude, seriously. <laughs> all right, can we get can we get back on course? Yeah, all right. Okay, so this was in early January Please. where I live. We got seven to nine inches of snow one night. I live on a generally small. Sounds farm. like my dick. <laughs> we can't use that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Apparently, we can use that. <laughs> Josh just <laughs> shot beer out of his nose. <laughs> <laughs> that was a magical night. This isn't gonna be good. Now I feel like we have to keep it. We have to keep that one, dude. I'm sorry. I'm always dude. Five second chug. Five second chug. Alright. Okay, so this was early January where I lived. We got seven to nine inches of snow. And I live on a generally small farm. It was around eleven PM and I was fourteen at the time. I had been up late watching South Park on the phone with my friend, and had just started to make dinner when I heard the sound of chickens screaming and the cows and pigs making a ruckus out in the yard. My dad was a cop, so I was familiar with firearms, and grabbed a shotgun and my jacket and a flashlight, told my friend to hang on, and flung open my front door. Under the light of the flashlight, I bet he's pulling it open his front door with seven to nine inches of snow. Okay. If you know what I mean. I don't know what you mean. I bet you know what I, I don't But mean. under the light of a flashlight, I noticed a lengthy, naked, contorted mass of a person. Initially, I was shocked and screamed to the person to stay back, but they started to slowly walk towards me. The shock quickly wore off, and I decided that I needed to shoot them when they were about 10 yards in front of me. I fired three shots in rapid succession. The first two shots hit them in the torso, and the third hit them in the head. When it fell, I went inside and called 911. When I returned to the outside of the porch to report what I saw and describe it to the operator, it was gone. I was freaking out at this point, but the police weren't far off. After the, I saw the lights and sirens on my driveway, I hung up the phone and called my parents. I was crying because I didn't know where it, the thing I shot went. But upon further inspection of the snow, the police found only blood. I didn't sleep that night, and a few weeks later, the DNA that was analyzed from the shooting revealed that there were so many strands from different animals that they didn't know individually what it was. This is into bestiality? From now, the thing he shot? Yeah. So he shoots this thing in the snow, thinks he kills it, goes inside, calls 911 and comes back out. And when he does, it's gone. Then what do they do the DNA test on? They did the DNA test on the blood and the fur that was left in the snow. And they're saying it was what? They said that there were so many like source materials from different animals, they didn't know what he shot. So what imagine, imagine he so shoots you shot something. something that was maybe a, a combination of different animals. 
Or maybe he shot someone who was a skinwalker who had Multiple different animals yeah. sewed into the fur that he was wearing. Right. We don't know. But now, then that would have been, dude, he would have had to have shot him pretty severely to have shot through multiple skins on that dude's body. I mean. If you think about it, dude, because how many, how many furs do you think it takes to cover a human body? I mean, that's a great point. Like, we could probably take our two dogs and that'd be enough to cover at least your body. Okay, first of all, we never do that. We love our dogs. I mean, I'm, I, obviously, but I'm just saying... Treva looked at me right now. She was like, "What well, you're going to do what? <laughs> She's like, you're not going to let that gangly tall motherfucker touch me, right? Mine's at my feet. I would never do that. Mine trusts me way yeah. too much. I think the most unbelievable part of this whole story for me is where he's like, with a shotgun that's known for being like a spread weapon. He's like, yeah, I put two in the chest and one in the head. You probably did neither because shotguns suck at range and also you can't like be like oh right shoulder with the shotgun unless you're firing slugs maybe he was panicking too and maybe he fired at least three shots and a couple were panic shots and he hit it only one or two times that that's a great point like if you're panicking you're not accurate so saying like oh i fired three times and i hit them in three places i'm not super convinced of this one but we'll move on to the final piece of testimony that i have for you all right, all right. I'm willing to hear. I mean, that last one was kind of... It's kind of iffy, yeah. Iffy. yeah. I, mean, I mean, with the different strains and stuff, I mean, it's kind of hard to say, you know. All right, so the final bit of testimony, the person says, I'm not Native American, but I've spent most of my life living in northwest Mexico, quite near the Navajo Indian Reservation. Uh, I will call my friend Mo. I don't know why they're initially identifying Mo. Mo and I were at work one evening and had a few minutes to bullshit between mining operations. Mo was an older gentleman than my father, but I respected his wisdom and knowledge. I asked him how everything was going. He was slightly frustrated and said that everything seemed to not be working out for him. He was having trouble with the city and the council, as well as problems with family. He then proceeds to tell me he thinks he's been witched. I asked him why he thought this, and he explained when he and his family moved into his home, he would come home from second shift in the early hours of the morning and just about every morning he'd pull into the driveway and he would see a dog sitting on the front porch at the house. The dog would then stare at him long enough to make him uneasy. Then he'd leave through the fence to their neighbor's house. The neighbor was a grumpy old Navajo man and was not very friendly towards the family. One day, Mo's son had gotten into an argument with the old man and the old man told him he would regret his disrespect. Mo said that shortly after this, his son started acting bad, getting in trouble at home and at school, and then everything seemed to be falling apart. Mo's wife suggested that the family visit a medicine win. Mo declined, calling the whole thing silly. It was not a month after this conversation that Mo was diagnosed with late-stage stomach cancer and had to leave work to undergo treatment. He refused and refused a Navajo healer until finally gave in to the family and visit one. I don't know what all happened. Those ceremonies are all sacred, which they are, but Mo recovered from the cancer and was at home and back to work. Shortly after that, he had another run-in with the neighbor. Things did not go well. The worst part is he was killed in a freak accident driving across the reservation on his way to work shortly after the incident. 
So in this last case, we hear, remembering rather, that skinwalkers have the magic to make people sick and influence them. And talking about the video I watched on YouTube where the, the medicine man healed the individual. What do you think of this last case? I mean, it sounds kind of typical to me, you know, some dude gets sick. You know, when we get sick, we go see a doctor. This dude wants to go see a medicine man. He got his help that he needed from the medicine man. He got, in I guess, their sense, cured, Good. whatever that may look like. Cool. Um, you know, we go to the doctor, we get our medicine, we get cured, I guess. So that part seems normal. You know, he, him leaving, you know, his son getting in an argument with what the family believes is a skinwalker. I mean, you know, we don't all like our neighbors, you know, they're Absolutely, neighbors, yeah. you know, you're so, yeah, I mean, you're not going to like all your neighbors. You're going to get an argument with people. You're going to get an argument with the same people. I mean, I mean, look at your work experiences, you know, a lot of people get in arguments with the same people. It's just kind of how things are. To say that this dude got in an argument and then, oh, because his son got in the argument with his neighbor, his neighbor, and then the dad dies. Uh, I mean, do you know how many people die every day in a car accident? Yeah, it's like every 30 seconds. You know, thank you, Brittany, for looking that fact up for us. But it's like every 30 seconds. So the fact that there's some kind of freak accident, you know, I don't know. That sounds... I mean, what was he doing? You know, I kind of want to look into that. But, I mean, that's kind of average nowadays. You know, there's a freak accident every 30 seconds in America where someone's dying. All right, fair enough. I, I guess at this point in the podcast, since we've concluded with the, the, the research, the personal testimonies, we're forced to come to the conclusion, we're forced to ask ourselves, are we just drunk or do we think this is paranormal? I'm going to flip it back to you, Harlem. I'd like to know what your thoughts are before I vote myself. I'm going to say this one. I think we might just be drunk. I don't really think it's paranormal. All right. I, I can definitely understand it just based off like the way we've dissected the personal testimonies that we've read about. You know, I'm going to have to say, man, I think, I think we're just drunk. I don't, I don't see anything paranormal happening here per se uh so you're not really believing in the skinwalkers either i mean based based off of the stories that i've read there's there's an absolute like in every instance explanation for what's occurred like mountain lions in the first stories will drag their prey off so there's some bones left that kind of makes sense and the second story uh the bats the crying like, I know bobcats sound like screaming women. Maybe coyotes mimic that. Like, I, I can think of an explanation for every story that I've come across for why I don't think this is actually supernatural. So for that instance, I think, you know what? We're just drunk. This isn't paranormal. I think I'm going to agree with you there, so... Well, uh, thanks, thanks, Harlan, for joining me for another case. Uh, I'd like to thank... Brittany for being just the great uh, software engineer, and I'd like to thank our cousin Janice for joining us in the background. You couldn't hear him. Hey, thanks, Janice. We appreciate your uh, joining us as was, audience. He was drinking beer with the rest of us and laughing at these 
hopefully with you at the jokes we made. But at the end of the day, folks, don't drink and drive, and just remember while you're at home, get fucked up! Hell yeah, buddy.